Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And Wendy is joining us via Skype from the middle of her bush holiday. And I gather 37 degree heat. Wendy, thank you so much. <laughs> I wish you would take a proper holiday, but thanks. It's always lovely to chat. And thanks for making time for us. Well, no problem. Actually, this is the only bit of work that I'm doing in my week. And I thought if we could just make it as simple as possible, no big investigation. I'm very happy to do it. And I'm happy to report that um, one of my I'm visiting my daughter who works on this reserve, and one of her colleagues has let me use her little cabin, which has air conditioning. Okay. So I'm quite comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I'm ready to go. Fantastic, Wendy. Thanks so much for joining us. And I'm really, I hope you're enjoying the break on either side of the segment. Our first caller is already standing by, and Heather, I will get to you in just a minute or two. But first, before we take any calls, we want to give very quick feedback on two issues that came up last week, Wendy, that we've got some, uh, uh, some updates on. The first one is to do with our perennial topic of shrinkage and if you were listening last week you might have heard our listener Nicole uh, commenting on how yes you get the kind of shrinkage where the product is slightly reduced in size uh, without changing the price but she pointed out another version of shrinkage she says products are changing the formulation somewhat and just giving you a little bit less of the good stuff in the same packaging Wendy it was in chocolate in particular that she was upset about Yes, I think it was a WhatsApp, if I recall. Yeah. Um, she mentioned, she singled out Nestle's Smarty Slab and um, the Rolo, the chocolate slabs, as examples of this. She wrote, there used to be a Smarty in each block, and now there is a crumb, <laughs> and the Rolo filling needs an archaeological dig to find. I've written to Nestle, and they don't seem interested. Would you know how to follow up on this? Because I found it unfair. So we discussed it a little bit on air, and I said, you know, you'd think it's quite um, sort of the characteristic of the chocolate bar, a smarty chocolate bar in particular, that you you get one per block, and that's, you know, it's the finding characteristic, and you would very much notice if that wasn't the case. So I said that to Nestle South Africa in an email, and I said, um, you know, who, who, the issue here is one of not, um, you know, a a lack of quality in a particular batch of the product or her particular slab, but one of a change in formulation. Um, and is that the case yeah. uh, with these two bars? And they said, no, we've not changed the formulation or the manufacturing specifications for these two products. However, we do take uh, Nicole's feedback very seriously and her complaint is being investigated at our confectionery producing factory in East London. Corrective actions will be taken on our production lines to ensure conformity once the root cause is established. Um, quality and safety for our consumers is our top priority and regret inconvenience a voucher wire code will be sent to her via sms which she can use in her next purchase and further contact will be made to provide her with his feedback um i I, I must say i did intend i'm not a huge chocolate eater i did intend to buy uh, particularly the the smarties lab because that seemed quite specific her complaint and i and i didn't get around it when do you need research like that done you only have to ask (laughs) i would have gladly done it for you i'm sorry i sort of slipped into pre-leave mode and it it slipped my mind but it occurs to me that our listeners might um have some feedbacks of those that eat that slab or or maybe have their own examples where a much-loved product has recently you know or fairly recently been very slightly um tweaked so that as you put it you get less of the good stuff the premium ingredients 
and more of the cheaper sort of filler tap ones. Um, well, the I first, remember doing a story yeah. years ago. Sorry, I know Willie's Pie. And unfortunately, the problem is that you have to have both new and old packaging to really know for sure. And yeah. I remember, sorry, Willie's, but it was a Willie's Pie that just, you know, roast chicken pie it was a nice freezer staple, you know, if yeah. you needed it quickly. And and I, I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I had access, or maybe it was a, 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 a consumer who sent it to me, but there was just a lot more gravy, sort of a lot more oozing out. And when I checked, yes, the chicken content had been reduced. So it's that sort oh, of thing we're talking about. Yeah, I've had that exact experience myself, and I was going to mention the pies. Already we've had Linus tell us the Cadbury's whole nut chocolate has hardly any oh. nuts in it anymore. So there's another example that someone's noticed. If anybody else wants to flag products that have just got a little bit less of the good stuff in them that you've noticed have perhaps undergone this particular form of shrinkage. Be interested to hear your feedback on that. The other quick piece of feedback, Wendy, was on the Cash Crusader story, and this was really interesting for both of us. We heard last week from our listener, Michael, who was um, perturbed because he'd gone into a Cash Crusaders branch and tried to buy something, and he'd been asked for a copy of his ID. Um, And when he questioned, why do I have to give my ID for buying an appliance, they told him it was a SAPS requirement, police requirement. And he was very skeptical. He wrote to us saying, I could understand them asking a seller to provide ID, but why a buyer? And Wendy, both you and I had the same response that, no, this branch must have got it wrong. The seller's ID, of course, to make sure it's not stolen property, but not a buyer. We were both wrong. We were both wrong. So this is why we have to check these things out after we've surmised. Mm -hmm. So it is indeed a legal requirement for buyers as well, which was confirmed by Andrea Luchitz, who is the general manager for marketing at Cash Crusaders Franchising. She told me that according to the Second Hand Goods Act of 2009, all secondhand dealers are required to take copies of ID for all secondhand transactions, which include both the buying and the selling of secondhand products. She said specifically for buying, any product over the value of 100 Rand requires the dealer to take a copy of the buyer's ID. SAPs then use this to trace movement of product where items are reported as stolen. So it, in that perspective, it kind of makes sense because you don't, you know, you want to be able to trace it. You want to know who bought it. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the situation. If you buy something under 100 Rand, no such requirement. But if, if it's over 100 Rand, they are legally compelled. It's, more, it's a schlep for them as well, of course. Yeah. They are legally compelled to get a copy of your ID okay, uh, card or book. So we've all learned something there. Thank Absolutely. you, Michael, for that. Yeah, and Wendy, thanks for following up on that. It is good to know that we can uh, we can correct our, our mistaken impression. And Michael, it's also yes. good to reassure you that that branch was behaving completely in line with the law when they asked for that. Okay, thank you so much for that feedback. With that, let's open the lines. And Heather, you've been waiting very patiently on the line from Sunningdale. Thank you for waiting. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Papa. Hello, Wendy. I hope you're enjoying your bush holiday. Thank you for being on the radio today. Um, I'll try and cut to the chase and make this as quick as possible. On the 23rd of August, I went online to Macro's online shopping, and I purchased a number of household items for my son, who was moving from Cape Town to the Kalahari um, to work. So I spent 25,000 rand on items with a 5,000 rand delivery charge, so in total 30,000 rand. And wow. the delivery date is, they say, between two to five days. They had the address. Um, they said, fine, you know, you get the kind of feedback. It's going to be delivered. So we just uh, assumed it would be there when he arrived. Of course, he arrived and nothing had been delivered, and that was five days later. We waited another week. Nothing arrived. And I've had to literally phone their helpline, which isn't, I wouldn't call it a helpline. 
Um, I get told it's going to be escalated. I wait four days. I phone again. I have no answers. And to date, some items have been delivered, but there are still seven items that are outstanding. And I'm just not getting anywhere. So the 23rd wow. of August was the delivery. So if it, that's 23 days later. Your four to two to five day delivery date has been and gone four yeah. or five times over. Wendy, what would you suggest to Heather? Well, look, technically you're entitled to a refund for the uh, the goods, you, you know, that you haven't been delivered because it's 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 a breach of of contract. They said two to five right. days. They didn't qualify that when you when you bought it. But that's not what you want, I'm guessing. Yeah. You want your son to get the items that he needs. Yeah. Um, however, if he if he has already had to buy them there, um, you you would obviously be within your rights to say too little, too late. I'd like my money back. Okay. All I can say is it's very disappointing. I mean, what sort of um, justifications have you been given, if any? Sure. Well, what they did was, um, unbeknown to me, they split the order up into nine different deliveries because they said it was coming from various branches. You know, I didn't understand okay. that. Um, it's actually been a nightmare where I've pulled my hair out. And I got to the point of giving up, and then I saw, well, I heard today there'd be an open line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, Heather, all I could practically do, in it, and I'm, hopefully it, I'm hoping it will be quite strong practical advice, is I have um, wonderful contacts, one in particular at MassMart, um, which, which right. includes Macro, um, a, a, a very high up, who um, – I will email, if you send me an email with the order yes. number and stating exactly which items have been delivered and which have not, yes. um, I know for sure that he will jump on it immediately and hopefully get those goods to your son um, a lot quicker than they would otherwise have. And then I'll also ask, you know, the journalist questions of, of, of you know, why don't you state that, why, why does your, your, why wouldn't your customer know that these goods are being pulled from different um, places yes. and there would be a separate order? So if you order from some of their competitors, they harness it all together and then send it to you when it, they have every item and they deliver it. Or they'll, like Yappy Chef, for example, just comes to mind. They will say, these two items or this item is holding up your order. Would you like to wait until we have it? Or would you like us to send the other items in the meantime? So there's there's full communication right. and, and disclosure. And that's what you need because things do go wrong yes. with online orders yes. when you're relying on suppliers and the rest. But I think the main problem here is lack of communication around how it would okay. work. And then a help plan, which by your accounts, wasn't very helpful. So no. I, I will... My first priority would be to to get those goods to you um, as quickly as possible, and then um, I'll ask the questions around that and follow it up when I get back from leave. But I, I would like to help you send that email off um, Thanks, this afternoon. And and uh, I mean, yeah, I have a daughter who works a, a long way away from me, and I, I mean, I, I know how it must feel. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get that sorted out if we can. Thank you for that offer, Wendy. So, Heather, please straight away send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, consumer at nola, K-N-O-W-L-E-R.co.za. Please put Cape Talk macro order in the subject line, and Wendy yes. will look out for it and fire it off straight away uh, to follow up. And then, Wendy, to be continued, obviously, the feedback from them uh, when you when you get a chance to delve into it after your leave. Thanks for that. Sure.
Sure. Okay. So several interesting examples of shrinkage coming through on the WhatsApp line. Uh, uh, here's one from Sally. She says, halfway through the avocado season this year, pick and pays bags of avos changed from one kilogram to 800 grams, keeping the same price. The packaging looks Whoa. identical, but there is at least one avo less per bag is Sally's comment. That's a sneaky Gee, that, one. That's, it's sly. Yeah. That's what, I mean, it's an, it's a, it's a global phenomenon. It's not just, you know, yeah. South African or one retailer, but it's the slyness that's so annoying because they don't want you to notice. You know, they want yeah. you to think that um, the, the price hasn't gone up, yeah. but they're giving you less. So actually, it's costing you more. What yeah. you are getting is costing you more. And it's just, it doesn't leave a, a, a nice taste. It, it just doesn't. It really doesn't, particularly given that, you know, people are rational. We understand that, that items are seasonal. Avocado prices do fluctuate and they fluctuate within the same season quite radically in my, in my experience. So I understand that the price is not always going to be the same from one month to another. It's, it's the trying to hoodwink us into thinking yes. it's the same. That really exactly. irks me there. Uh, Sally, because thanks. When they, yeah. when they increase the size on odd occasion, they will trumpet that on the packaging. Bigger size. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But when they make it smaller, they, they're just hoping that you won't notice. And not so much with the Avo case with the bag. There isn't a packaging issue. But for me as well, to reformulate a product such as the all gold tomato sauce jar, they did that and they made it all. I don't know if it was the plastic one or the jar. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it went from, say, a kilo it was 800 grams to 750 or whatever it was. It shrunk, as did many others. But now you've got to have a whole repackaging and design, all the costs that go with it, um, the wastage just to sneak through an increase. You know, yeah. there's that aspect of, of it as well. It's just – yeah. It's, Unfortunately, yeah. no matter what we say, it's it's going to it's a phenomenon that's going to stay with us. But at some point, there there has to be you know we can't end up as I always say with those little shopper. Remember the checkers range. We you know, they've yes. got to stop the it at some products, point. Yeah. They can't shrink them to the mini me ridiculousness. But yeah, and they're <laughs> not you, alone. You you're, yeah, yeah. A few more examples here. Cadbury's chocolate bars. Somebody pointing out they used to be 200 grams. It went down to 180 quietly and is now 150. But the price continues to increase. That one's infuriating yes. if you're baking. I know I've got a, a flourless chocolate tart that needed two blocks, uh, two bars of the the, the the, the Bourneville dark chocolate. Exactly. Um, and you now have to buy three because you can't get enough. Um, you know, it, that kind of thing is irksome. It's uh, lemon cream biscuits being flagged as well. Yes. The lemon cream oh. is a tiny amount between the two biscuits. It used to fill edge to edge is the comment. And here's one of the kind, oh, um, yes. talking about the quality issue as a way of shrinkage. Somebody's saying Woolies packs of ankle high cotton socks. The socks have gotten so thin. They are now like socks used to be after a full year of washing is the comment. Oh, okay. I'll ask about that. Okay. Put it on my list. Okay. Wow. Thank okay. you very much for that feedback. Uh, somebody else flagging Colgate as having shrunk. I don't know if you mean the toothpaste or yes. the soap. Cadbury's fruit and nut used to be my favorite, says another WhatsApp, but it's become so sweet. And uh, maybe there are fewer nuts and more raisins is there, uh, there, there perhaps the explanation for the sweetness they've noticed. Okay. Um, let's, I think we can mm. squeeze in one last quick uh, online shopping question. Uh, Ray mailing us, uh, she is a, a pick and pay online shopper and says, my default preference when ordering online from pick and pay has always been no bags but the last three deliveries came in bags and yesterday the courier mentioned he'd encountered the same remark made by other customers his view was that nowadays bags are supplied as a matter of course 
If that is the case, are they entitled to charge for the bags, asks Ray. It seems environmentally unfriendly to force customers to buy bags. I have a substantial collection of plastic shopping bags because I recycle and compost most waste and I hardly ever use them and then only as bin liners. That's an interesting one. Uh, So she's asking for no bags. They're sending them anyway. Should she be obliged to pay for them? So there are a couple of um, issues there. The one is environmental and the other one is... um, She's not requested something, got them and and been charged. So on the cost issue, the charging issue, definitely not. Uh, if you can find in your history, in your order, um, there should be some reference to the no bags request. They send it, send them anyway. Most definitely, that should be reversed or credited for your next uh, shop. I'm just interested to know because I don't use that particular online shopping service. When you request no bags, how do they how do they then deliver the groceries? When you, I look, it's been a, it's been a long time since I used them, but I was one of the very early adopters of the pick and pay online shopping service. I was one of their test shoppers back in Joburg oh, yes. years ago. It used to be that if you didn't order bags, it just came loose in their containers and they were unpacked loose onto your kitchen counter and you packed oh, it all see. away. Um, but I don't okay. know what what it's it's been several years since I used them, so I don't yeah. know the answer. The current I was just thinking with COVID, they normally just arrive and put the bags down and step and away. Kind walk of thing. away. I'm just yeah. trying to work out how that would work out on your sort of driveway or your, I don't know, whatever. Um, so I'd be interested to learn, Ray, what, what the alternative to them bringing the goods in bags are. But that is a dilemma for those. I mean, I don't buy uh, plastic bags if I could possibly help it. Um, so I would also want to request no bags. I would just be interested in, in how that actual handover process happens yeah. without the goods being contained somehow. But yeah, the primary question definitely do <laughs> Uh, contest it. First of all, challenge why they're doing it when you're requesting it not. And then all the times it's happened, you need a reversal of those charges. Uh, Wendy Nola is with us for the remainder of this half hour taking your open line consumer calls. Um, now, let me just go to an SMS that came in, Wendy, and it's uh, one that I know is going to apply to many, many of our listeners because it's to do with the Kalula flight refunds, uh, something we've spoken about on and off many, many times. Uh, Michelle yeah. in Heart Bay says, please, can you ask Wendy how we redeem Kalula Lula flight credits due to COVID and their recent closure. They tell you that it now takes six to eight weeks to have your credits reflect in their travel bank so that you can book. But that leaves two weeks for everyone to fly before their 30th of November deadline, which just seems ridiculous. Oh, uh, we discussed, we, did we, was it with you or uh, as a, we did, we, we did chat about this. this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've had a few people complain to me about it. Um, so the question was that there's not enough time because they have to be used. The vouchers have to be used for travel. So I was a little distracted because I was trying to call up his uh, email, yeah. the Kalula's uh, spokesman's email. She's saying that because the airline wasn't flying for some time, um, they they couldn't redeem them then, and they they actually have to be used for travel. Um, that's the thing. There's a difference between having to actually book a flight by the cutoff date and actually having to fly by the cutoff date. What's happened here is, of course, they want everybody to use the voucher by the end of November because from December you go into peak season and they don't want to, uh, you know, they want to be able to earn as much money as they can out of that December, January peak. Um, And so that's clearly why that um, cutoff is there, even though they didn't fly for two months. So I remember we had this conversation. It was it was Cape Talk last week or the week before. Um, And I put this to 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 Kame um, that that 
has the Kalula brand, and they've said, well, you know, um, Kalula, yes, we did temporarily suspend our services um, on Monday the 5th of July because of the prohibition of, they said all travel. It was actually just leisure travel in and out of Gauteng. But customers have had the the opportunity to use the value of their tickets since the 9th of December 2020 and can still do so from the 1st of September until the 30th of November. So they're quite... Um, steadfast about that and saying that actually this is um, be a part of Comair's business rescue proceedings and they don't have any wriggle room, so they say, to push it out from the 30th of November. So that's the situation. Use or lose. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I think it's particularly unfriendly to consumers. Um, but as I say, I've taken it up and I haven't um, had any success um, other than getting a response that says it is what it is used by the end of November or lose. So it's book by the end of November, not necessarily fly it's, by the no, end of November. No, no, it's, it's used, fly by I the mean. end of November. It's fly okay. by, yes. So that's the problem. Sure. Um, it's a good one to check because, you know, um, fly Safi, no, they carried on flying. It was another airway. For some reason, they had to issue a voucher. I can't remember what it was. And it was Oh, it was for lockdown. Those those um, tickets um, when they, everyone was shut, there was no domestic travel, yeah. um, and their cutoff applied to book by date. So you could book it for any future flight, but you but it, you know there's a very big difference between that, which gives you you know a, a lot more time than you actually have to fly by. So the last last fly, flight that you can take. Would with using paid for with a voucher, those those vouchers would be at 30th of November, and that's the problem that people are having because a lot of people haven't flown all year. Now they want to see friends and family for Christmas, but they can't use those vouchers then. They yeah. have no leave until then. That was the one case I got, but the so the vouchers essentially wasted. Okay, um, oh. and it's a horrible one. It is a horrible one. I, I, yeah, I feel for everybody who's in that situation. As do I. Thanks. Okay, Michelle, thanks for raising it. I know a lot of people, unfortunately, in the same position. Okay, let's go back to the lines. Just a reminder, it's an open line show, so you can call in on 0214460567, which is what Carol has done from Kenilworth. Afternoon, Carol. Hi. Um, thanks for taking the call. I have experienced um, this, uh, and I, I wonder if Wendy, if you've ever investigated. It's a pharmaceutical industry issue. I am prescribed... Uh, 450 grams of a prescription drug. The drug comes in a 300, uh, is, it, ooh, is it milligram or gram? I forgot. Um, 300 and a 150. So I combine the two, but the, they cost the same. Does that make sense? So I pay no. the same for the 300 pill as I do for the 150 pill. Does that That's make sense? ridiculous. It doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. Well, I wonder how one goes about um, dealing with pharmaceutical companies. Wendy, it sounds like that one needs a bit of investigation with some some more detail. It does. I would have to track down the the, the producer, the manufacturer, and then just ask the question. Sometimes that can take, you know, a week if I haven't dealt with them before, um, as I suspected this case. But that's okay. That's my job. Um, and just ask for the justification. I mean, they can say, look, the packaging costs the same. That's yeah. fine. But the, what you're paying for is the, is the drug and how half the, dr- the drug can cost the same 
as the full amount. Um, I didn't express that well, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I can't think of an explanation, so I would be very intrigued to discover what they come up with. Yeah, Unless um, it's just one of those coding errors or something in the case of your pharmacy, I don't know, but something's not right there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, as you say, Wendy, you know, economies of scale, sure, you expect that there'll be sliding payment, um, you know, pricing strategies for higher, well, as there is for anything. Half. If you buy a kilogram of yes. sugar, you don't pay the same weight per gram as you do for the 500 gram bag. But, sure. but that extreme example seems very odd. Carol, I think the best thing to do is please send details including the name of the specific medication uh the cost uh, you can send us the invoice if you want to make a copy or take a photo of that where you bought it etc and uh, let wendy take a look at that one it's consumer at nola.co.za spelled k-n-o-w-l-e-r and let it do a bit of digging and see what we come up with it might well be a mistake but if there is an explanation wendy i'd be very interested to hear what it is yeah me too yeah, okay. thanks for raising that carol we'll get back to you you will get my out of office notice just uh, uh bear with me i will i will get to it when i can okay thanks for that now interesting the the, the bag message message has triggered several different responses and um we haven't yet had a reply from someone who's a pick and pay shopper i've heard from uh, several checker shoppers saying, well, checkers use paper bags for the 60-60, which is, I can absolutely confirm. Uh, Somebody telling me Woolies now use paper bags uh, for Woolies Dash at no charge. I've stopped using that app, so I didn't know that, but that's a step in the right direction. Nobody's been able to tell us whether that's an option with pick and pay or if everybody is getting lumped with the plastic bags that that our previous caller didn't want. Um, So if you are a regular user of the Woolies online or the Woolies... um, ASAP, I think it's called now, ASAP app. Um, um, what sort of packaging are you receiving your things in and are you offered any choice of that packaging? Mary saying on Woolies, what bugs me is that they profess to be so environmentally friendly, but the plastic that they package things in, such as their fruit and vegetables and rolls, is all non-recyclable. So the fanfare for no bags just doesn't wash at all. What's going on? Asks Mary. I'd like to sort of speak to that. Yeah. That Mary. Um so just to explain that, I think sometimes disclosure can create a, an impression that doesn't work for you. So there is a problem, as we've discussed um, quite recently with um, Chandra Wadwani, do you remember, yeah. from Extrapet, the plastics recycler, and that with those, uh, they're called thermoforms, those mm. punnet uh, bits of plastic, um, they haven't been recycled to date because they contain a silicone so that they can nest when they're empties for transport and whatever. They all come, you know, one inside the other. And then in order for them to be able to, for the, for the end user, the, uh, the retailer to be able to um, denest them, pull them apart, there's silicone yeah. added to the PET and that mucks up the recycling process to put it simply um, but they have developed a way uh, around that recently and um, that will be you will see that coming through but Woolworths decided some time ago to actually tell its shoppers its customers that those thermoforms aren't recyclable um, but all the other ones that are on the shelves of all the other competitor retailers are exactly the same. They just don't tell you that. So a lot of people think, oh, it's plastic. Oh, number one, PET, yay, into the recycling stream. Let's give it a bit of a rinse. And actually, that's going to end up in landfall. So so by doing the right thing, in my in my opinion, telling people, so they don't waste their time thinking it's going to be recycled when it's not, um, Woolworths actually created the impression that, I think, among many people, that the other 
um, supermarkets, the ones the other supermarkets use are, are, are recyclable, but theirs for some reason isn't. So I hope that just clarifies the issue on the thermoforms. Okay, thanks for that, Wendy. I'm happy to say we've got a caller on the line who might be able to spare you some work on Carol's question because Jonathan in Brackenfell actually works for a pharmaceutical company oh, and wants to give us some input. <laughs> Jonathan, delighted to hear from you. Welcome. Hi, uh, thank you very much. I hope you can hear me okay. Um, uh, what, what happens is, is that, you know, the pharma company where she's getting a medication from doesn't probably have a 450 milligram. So uh, what they do is they give her, let's say, a 300 and a 150 to make up the 450. Yeah. But you'll find that uh, it's called linear pricing where uh, the, the biggest strength that she's buying of the two tablets uh, is the same price as the lower strength product. So they just even it out and it works out more cost effective. Oh, dear. We seem to have lost. Different strengths. Sorry, Jonathan, say that again. You, you, we, you broke up a little bit. You said the different strengths, it works out more cost effective to do. Your call has been placed on hold. Okay, oh, sorry. No. Oh, dear. The quality of that line was very dodgy, I'm afraid. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not convinced that was the answer, though, Wendy, because Jonathan was talking about two different strength products, and I understood from Carol's call that she was getting the same strength, just in different packaging sizes. So I'm not entirely sure. It would have been interesting yeah. to hear the rest of the answer regardless. I don't know if, if Jonathan's able to phone us back um, and try again on a clearer line. We'll continue the conversation. Um, but in the meantime, back to you, Wendy, on Carol's question. Okay. Here's a, a, yes. an easy one to answer on the SMS line from somebody who says, I bought eggs that were labeled large, but they are the same size as the normal small eggs. How does one differentiate between small and large? Wendy, there is a designated weight number of grams per per size that's used across the board, isn't there? There is. I'm going to quickly quickly try and Google it. Um, um, I've actually found I it. I, I can oh, tell great. you. Okay, but fastest fingers yeah. first. Yes. <laughs> okay, so in, if a small egg is more than 33 grams in weight. A medium has to be over 43 grams. Large is 51 and above. Extra large is 59 grams or more. A jumbo is 66 grams. And apparently there's something called a super jumbo egg, which I can't say I've ever seen in stores, but it's 72 grams or more. So there is a very specific designation. And if uh, to the person who sent that SMS, if the one you bought was labeled large but only weighed the small size, you've got the right to take it back and demand your money back because then that's advertising, um, uh, false advertising, advertising on the packaging. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so 33 grams is, the, is a small and 51 a large, 43 a medium, uh, 59 an extra large, and 66 grams for a jumbo egg. The issue of products weighing a little bit less than they're meant to is actually coming up quite a lot on our WhatsApp line, Wendy. Uh, here are a few examples. Okay. Sonia's saying, I bought 500 gram butter at two retailers and discovered it did not weigh 500 grams, but actually 485 grams. Another person bought Woolies flour, labeled two and a half kilos, but says it only weighed 2.3 in including the packet. Um, and there was another one which just seems to have disappeared from my screen. But there's another one, um, another way of, of shrinking. But is it done deliberately yes. or not, or get, I guess, is the question. I mean, I had a situation quite recently where I bought a 500 ml buttermilk. And when I took it home and looked again at the bottle, it was obvious, even without opening it, that it wasn't full. And when I measured it out, it was sure. about 370 mils. But I will say, I, I raised it with Woolies. I sent them a, a photograph straight away, and they refunded me no questions asked um, and, and said they'd investigate with the, yeah. the supplier. But um, So you have the right to take it back and demand that it be of replaced course, or refunded. That's the problem. It's yes, a slip. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. With the, with the weights, I know that the um – uh, 
I'm in holiday mode. My brain's not working. It's not the SABS. It's the NRCS, the National Regulator of Compulsory Specifications. Yes. Um, they do allow, uh, first of all, uh, on the subject of weight, they've got to, the any product that you buy can't include the, the weight that is declared has to be the net weight, so not the weight uh, of the packaging. And this becomes especially an issue when you when the products cost a lot per gram or yeah. kilogram. So, for example, biltong, it seems like a silly thing, but they have to tear off the, the weight of the paper bag or the polystyrene or whatever it is because you're paying biltong prices for the weight of the of, of the packaging. That must be teared, and the same for meat in its meat packaging that it comes in. Yeah. So that's the first thing. That, that is um, often – not the case. And then there is some wriggle room. I would have to, as I said, this is an un, un, unprepared show, so I, I would have to get the specific uh, uh, amount of wriggle room. But because some products uh, will lose a little bit of weight, such as bread, um, it loses moisture from the time that it's packed, you know. And, and so there, there is a little allowance on, on some products. But okay. I think it's safe to say, and it's something like, um, 10% or something. But I think it's safe to say when you're talking about 500 grams of butter, uh, there's not going to be any weight redu- reduction, reduction there yeah. as far as I can tell. Reduction, yeah. So, so you know, it must weigh 500 grams. And it's particularly alarming with something like butter because the price has shot up so yeah, much. Absolutely. Um, and we really want every gram of that of brick. What you paid for, yeah. So, yeah. So, but the, but the, the, the tip that I would say is, you know, you can get into trouble with your own kitchen scale. It's not calibrated. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, there, it could be a variance with your scale. So what I always do, if I'm if I'm not sure, if I've bought it, I'll either take it back to the store and say what you want to do. But in the store, you can use, um, you can ask to wait on their fruit and uh, fresh the produce scale, scale yeah. because that that has to be legally at certain intervals. That has to be um, calibrated. Um, it has to be checked okay. for obvious reasons. Yeah. So um, always remember, you know, if you something that in from that store, if you if you're not sure, um, or if you were caught the previous time and now you want to really make sure and 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 have the evidence that they can't refute, um, wait wait there, take a photograph and then send your query through. Okay, thanks for that. To the manufacturer. Okay, to the manufacturer, not to the retailer you bought it yeah. from. Okay. Yeah. Here's an interesting comment. Anonymous saying, this morning I went to shop at Pick and Pay at Stiernberg and the security officer at the door offered me a black fabric Woolworths bag, which I found quite interesting. Seems Woolworths is trying to get rid of them. Should have taken a photograph of Pick and Pay offering Woolworths bags. That is very what? curious to say the least. That is clear, curious because... What happened there? I mean, well, this is, there's been, you know, quite a lot on social media about, you know, what do we do with all these black bags? I've yes. got this huge collection and I keep forgetting to say, and I have to say, a few people have said, goodness me, you know, in Europe, no one forgets to take the bags. It's just part of life. And don't, yeah. don't worry, Woolworths. People will get used to it sooner or later kind of thing. But I can't imagine that they're buying them from Woolworths. Why would you do that and then give it free to your customers? So I would say somehow there's been some kind of a, 
donation or drop off. I mean, um, it's, this is pure speculation. Yeah. I would have to it was raise se- it with pick and pay. It was and a find security out guard. It might have been the center security guard. Maybe it was a center promotion at the Stenberg Center or something like that that they were giving them out free to customers. It's very, very strange because, as you say, uh, the last thing you would expect pick and pay to do is to offer a bag that is free advertising for its competition. So very, very odd. I mean, it, yes, it's been 20 years since that was the case. Remember when you could take your own bag and um, – I remember, you know, getting quite a, a kick out of taking my Woolworths plastic bag into pick and pay or checkers <laughs> or whatever because that just never happened before. And suddenly you could do it. But I mean, that that's 20 years ago. Um, so almost, I think 2002 or something. So I mean, that's surely not a novelty anymore. But, but you know, actually being handed out free by a competitor supermarket is, I think there's a lot more to that story and I, I will do my best to find out okay. what it is. The next one might be perhaps for a legal talk segment, but I'll put it to you in case you do know off the top of your head, Wendy. The question is, how long does a new homeowner have to claim against the seller of a house if you find issues that were not divulged at the time the house was purchased? I don't know the specific um, amount of time. I mean, there's there's the Consumer Protection Act, which is a six-month sort of warranty on any product sold. But, But properties are just so tricky Um, you the agent absolves themselves and then you are in a fight with the seller uh, which is not a corporate it's a private individual so you're then looking at um, civil action and that is uh, terribly time consuming and costly so this information is no doubt coming too late for the person who has asked the question but honestly I can't stress this strongly enough, the need if you're buying a home to spend a few thousand rand on um, getting a professional um, assessment uh, inspection company in to go through it from an engineering point of view will point out that the boundary wall is not built to specification, will point out that the roof timbers are rotting, that there's a damp problem, that there's the security system is is not working. Um, the emails I get from people who haven't done that and are then left with left with this absolute nightmare. Um, you know, most of us stretch ourselves a little when you move into a home. You've got transfer fees to deal with. Um, you're just sort of barely making the bond as it is just mm-hmm. for those that first couple of years. And now you're sitting in a house that needs thousands spent to make it work to make it functional to make it safe um so i'm sorry this is not really going to help the person who asked that question but um for anyone that's looking around in the market please don't think you're going to it's 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 really money well spent to to have that peace of mind either you then negotiate a lower purchase price to account for the fact that you're going to have to spend twelve thousand rand on whatever or you if it's a huge amount, you then walk away from that deal um, uh, and just w- move on. So please, I just it's it's yeah. these these after sales problems that emerge. They are, as I say, you you they, of course you have legal recourse, but in theory, but getting justice is another story and maybe it's worth a whole show on on your legal segment pippa mm-hmm. um on this issue i was going to say i think i'd very be very common. happy to pick this up with a with a, a home uh, somebody in the property field uh, a legal specialist there we'll i've made a note to myself to to try and set that up for the coming Great. weeks so we'll we'll certainly carry on but thank you for that very important advice wendy we've got a voice note i think we've got time to squeeze this in 
Oh, hi, Pippa. Chris here. I was just wondering, is it legal for a shop not to show the price? I've got a little built-on store at the entrance of our shopping mall, and they refuse to put the prices on. So it's only when you ask do they say. But, you know, everyone walks in and says, I would like 100 rands worth of biltong mm. or chili bites or whatever. I was just wondering what, what, what the law says about that. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Wendy, your response? Chris, I love your question. Love, love, love it. I've written <laughs> columns on this issue. Biltong shops are the worst because Biltong, and I alluded to it earlier with the packaging, the need to not pay for the packaging as yes. well. They are notorious, notorious for not uh, displaying the prices. I've trawled malls, uh, honestly, <laughs> taking photos. Uh, they are not exempt. The short answer, the CPA, Consumer Protection Act, makes it a legal requirement for prices to be um, displayed. Um, so Avida used to do it in the beginning. They didn't put the prices either for their that. sandwiches yes. and whatever. And I, yeah, I did a, I did a whole investigation on that and now they do. Uh, it's from years ago. But, um, and they said, oh, well, it's, you know, it's the Portuguese pavement culture. I said, mm, CPA, South Africa, this is what you have to do. So no, uh, I take it up with every biltong shop that I come across. Uh, I'm just one person. I can't, you know, the legislators aren't doing much, but I think if every consumer, made a thing out of it. Um, maybe they'd have to change their ways. They'd yeah. have to change. A name and shame, do it. I mean, it's not acceptable. That you shouldn't have to ask uh, for the price. Even when they read the specials out in a, in a restaurant, they, the waiter will say, today's special, and rattle it off. They should say the prices. They shouldn't yeah. put you in a position where you have to ask. Um, because they know that, you know, for some people, if you've got guests with you or friends and you're, you're entertaining. to ask, yeah. It's certainly like you have to ask, you can't afford it kind of thing going on, and it's it's really not fair to put somebody in that position. So thank you, Chris, for that question. I love it. Okay. Last one uh, I think is an easy, quite quick to answer one, Wendy. And our final WhatsApp, somebody says, I bought a Le Creuset teapot uh, via Yuppie Chef, and on their website, the color, which is listed as cerise or cherry, is a beautiful cherry red color. Uh when it was delivered to, to my home, to my absolute disappointment, the color is uh, a red that appears a lot more orange than what it looked like on the website. Mm-hmm. I checked the LaCroixet website and I can confirm that their site is a lot more accurate in its representation of the product. The oh, question wow. now is, do I have any right to return it and ask for a refund due to poor representation? If I'd seen it on the LaCroixet website, I would never have bought it. Easy answer. Um, LaCroixet has the probably one of the best after-sales policies and attitudes that I've ever come across. But with any online purchase, you um, have a seven-day cooling-off period in which to return it. They can specify that it's at your cost. Some companies absorb the cost, but that's the only cost. Otherwise, you must get a full refund. And you don't have to say why. You can simply say, I changed my mind. Um, but it would be good to point out to them that there is this color misrepresentation. And then you, you're entitled to a full refund if you want to choose an exchange or, a, you know, a banking of your you know, credit, yeah. then that's fine. But if you want your money back, absolutely. And I've actually done this with that company, bought, uh, with a product bought online. Um, it was a duplication. I, someone, I was lucky enough to be gifted two of the same thing. Yeah. And um, no questions asked, very nicely handled with Yuppie Chef. So, um so actually, this is a Yuppie Chef issue, not a Le Creuset one. But, one, but if it was, yeah. but still, um, there's absolutely no way they won't take it back. If the seven days have gone by, 
you might uh, be in a, it might be a little trickier in terms of their standard policies, but um, given the misrepresentation, um, you should be able to argue for it. And if you don't, let me know and I'll have a bash. Okay, thanks very much. Wendy, with that, we're going to send you back to your afternoon game driver and I hope a G&T to go worth it. Enjoy every minute of for the holiday. Sure. <laughs> and thank you so much thank for making you. time to join us today. You're most welcome. Thank you, Professor. Keep well. Wendy will be back with us in studio next week, Wednesday.